TSR Podcast with Jacob and Bo. Dude, how good does it feel to uh, be 1-0 right now? Oh, man. It feels great. I mean, it also feels kind of like I shouldn't, you know, shouldn't be that excited because, I mean, week one's the wonky week where anything can go wrong for, for good teams. And then, you know, teams like the Bills, who I think are just going to continue to to get better as the season goes on. I mean, I don't see them playing this kind of game again, you know, but with the Steelers, like I could, I could easily see the Steelers coming out slow again versus uh, Oakland, you know, and we've lost Oakland in in the, you know, years past. Like, I mean, they definitely have a formula for, for the Steelers. Um, You know, normally it's the we're out West that gets us, but, like, I don't want to get too high on the win. I mean, beating the Bills was huge, but, I mean, don't get me wrong. I just I, – I don't want to think too much into it, you know? Yeah. I mean, for me personally, Bengals being 1-0 right now is uh, all that I could possibly ask for, man. Especially the way we won also. You know, a rookie kicker hitting – I don't know. It's like a 39-yard field goal or something. But for a rookie, man, I mean, that's huge. And, you know, for us to have stripped uh, Dalvin Cook, of the ball and defense. I mean, that was just clutched by the defense. Yeah, um, that was wild. And apparently the play, it was like fourth and one on like they're like 40 or something. And it was supposed to be a running play. And I, I found out, I read that, you know, Burrow changed the play to a passing play on fourth and one, which just speaks volumes to how, how mature he's gotten. You know, he's making those kind of calls on his own. And, and for him to make the pass, complete the pass, I mean, it's just huge, man. I mean, I, I'm so happy with how we played this week. I couldn't have asked for anything more, man. I mean, I, I was I, – And I, I'll tell you, you saying that about Joe Burrow brings me to the first takeaway of week one. I know you hadn't gotten into telling people we were going to do takeaways for the week, but but uh, my number one was uh, we were led to believe that Joe Burrow was timid in camp and nervous and not playing at the level that we saw last year. And we saw anything but that, dude. Like, like uh, Joe Burrow came out there at one point. He was like 17 for 19. I mean, yeah. I mean, he was slinging the rock. You know, it wasn't it wasn't this guy. And and the Vikings do have a good pass rush. And like we, you and me and Pete were discussing um, on Sunday. I mean, Daniil Hunter is really good at what he does. You know, and and so you know he overcame that. You know, you got a, a hungry defense coming at him, overcomes that, and he still gets out there and is throwing with that kind of accuracy, not to mention hitting the deep ball too, uh, you know, like the one over top to Jamar Chase. I mean, you got to be excited. I don't see how, as a Bengals fan, you got to be you got to be pretty pumped. I, I'm pumped, man. And I think watching Chase perform the way that he did kind of shows, yeah, maybe we didn't make the wrong decision. You know, a lot of people were on us about not taking an offensive lineman and going wide receiver in the top five and, if last Sunday was anything of what's to come and is going to continue to happen, I mean, I'm firmly happy with what the Bengals have done. I mean, Chase looked fantastic, man. All I, we had seen and heard was how, how bad he was doing with drops. I mean, you saw in the preseason, I mean, the guy just could not catch the football. I mean, it looked like me out there on preseason, you know, if yeah. I was out there on the field. And he came out and absolutely balled, man. I mean, it had a huge game. I think he went five receptions, 101 yards and a touchdown. I mean, it was it was everything I could have asked for. What as a Bengals fan, seeing Chase overcome the drops, seeing Burrow back to his old self. We won the game. The defense looked good. We got a lot of new guys on defense. They got a lot of snaps. So, um, as a Bengals fan, I'm I'm extremely happy, man. But I'm glad you had the Bengals in your takeaways, man. I mean, that number that, one. 
that makes me happy. That, yeah. that makes me happy. Let me tell you one of my takeaways, man. The Saints offense did not miss a beat this past yes. Sunday, man. L- let me lay this out there. The Saints offense were missing star receiver Michael Thomas. We all knew that. Traquan Smith wasn't out there. Drew Brees just retired, and they still dropped 38 on the Packers. Yeah. On a neutral field, man. <laughs> on a neutral field. Not even in their home stadium. I think that I think that all goes back to to Sean Payton, you know. I mean, it's 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 like when uh, Drew Brees went down and they went five and one with Teddy Bridgewater, you know. I mean, that's it. Just seems like they can plug and play in New Orleans because of such a great uh, system and and staff they have. Yeah, I mean, just kudos to Sean Payton, man. I mean, he's a great coach. He's an awesome guy, too. Like I've told you before, man, when I went to the Combine in 2019, I got to actually talk with him a little bit. And he's just an, an awesome dude, too. Just extremely smart. You can just tell he loves the game of football. So Sean Payton can do things that a lot of other coaches can't. And he's one of the best offensive coaches we're probably ever going to see. I mean, the way he draws things up is just amazing, man. He, he makes it happen no matter – who's on the field, it's, who he's it's missing. It's simple yet yet complicated. I mean, it's yeah. like – it's it, He makes it, it look it, simple even exactly. though it is complicated. How about yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and when he uses his plays, I mean, he, he's a great, phenomenal play caller too. So. Yeah. And, dude, Jameis Winston, man, I mean, you, you, we can't speak bad about Jameis. I mean, he looked calm, cool, and collected, showed awesome decision-making ability, made some big throws, even made some plays with his legs, man. Um, his final stat line was 14 to 20, 148 yards and five touchdowns. I mean, I loved it. Jameis coming out and saying, hey, I can still ball was really cool to me. I, I took that's what I took away. Is he's like, hey, don't forget about me. Yeah, I was on the bench last year. I'm coming out and I'm balling this year. So, so I loved seeing that. And, you know, and I mean, the Saints look like a team, man, that could pose problems for the rest of the league. They really do. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean they're definitely going to make waves in that division, too. With they Tampa definitely Bay. will, man. And I, I mean, think Tampa we kind of played a close one to Dallas. The Saints are going to test them. Absolutely, they will. Absolutely, they will. So the Saints are going to be a fun watch, man, the rest of the year. They really are going to be. And something else I took away, Bo, and we're going to stay in the same division here, is Sam Darnold just needed a new environment. Well, I figured that out within the first quarter or the second quarter of Sunday's game when Carolina played the Jets, man. You know, you've got – there's the New York Jets' Sam Darnold, Bo, and you, then you've got the Carolina Panthers' Sam Darnold. And those two quarterbacks look absolutely nothing alike. Yeah, they like, really do. They really don't look anything alike. Look like a totally different guy out there week one with Carolina, man. I mean, I, I had never seen that guy in New York. It's like it's a totally different person. I don't even know if that was Sam Darnold. <laughs> Well, it's it's actually one of my takeaways as well is that the is that the Panthers' offense looks much more efficient than they did uh, under Teddy Bridgewater, and um, I, I don't I don't know how much I liked the late struggles. I wish they could have put some later some points up late in the fourth quarter on on the Jets, but I mean what you kind of saw everything you needed to see, you know, th- them getting the ball down the field. Um, yeah. I just you know it would have been cool to see them maybe put put ten, maybe ten more points up on the board in that game. Just to maybe secure it, I think I think they're, I think they are a ten points better team than the Jets than what they scored. Like I mean, the, that, the talent that. on that team, I think I think that if a defensive touchdown would have done a lot, and I mean they were they were close. They had enough sacks to, you oh, know, to, you know, they, they they everything but scored defensive touchdown on them. But um, you know, I would like to see them hang at least another touchdown on them, but. I mean, that's what week one's for. That's what preseason's for. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a stepping stone. It's a building block. And I, I think that they're only going to go up, and I think they're going to have a lot more games where they score a heck of a lot more points than 19. I agree with you, man. Poor Zach Wilson. 
The dude was on his back constantly, or either under pressure. But also, I've got to give Zach Wilson a lot of credit, man. Watching him play with the Jets in his first professional game, man, or first professional regular season game, was uh, was pretty awesome, man. I mean, the throws that he was making, even the throws that weren't completed. I mean, you watch a couple of you know a couple of plays where he rolled out of the pocket and let one fly, man. He drops it right there on the money. Maybe the guy was out of bounds, or it just get, barely got broken up. I mean, dude, his arm is the absolute real deal and we knew that from watching film it's it's kind of it's kind of scary i mean he put a few on a straight rope out there man like on the run he he really did man i think it was funny watching him i think it was like his second sack of the day and it was early man he got up and you know his shoulder pads are all messed up and his his sleeves torn up and it's like man this guy's really getting beat up out here but man he stayed with it and kind of made a game out of it so that's uh that's something big for New York fans to see from Zach Wilson. But getting back to Carolina man and Sam Darnold, um, I never really saw a time where Sam Darnold made a really bad decision. I mean, it's and it's got to be an awesome feeling for him, man. He control. I felt like he controlled the game. He did. He did a very very good job of doing that. Like I said, it's got to be awesome. You know, he going from a Jets team to now you have the league's best running back. You have a solid core of receivers with DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, who is his former teammate. You've got Terrace Marshall, who's a very good rookie, and we both expect a lot from. And a coaching staff that will get the most out of you, man. You know, you're not in the Adam Gase ditch anymore. That's what I'm going to call I mean, it, it was just a hole. I mean, it's just a black hole when you're on a team with Adam Gase. And, man, I've been pulling for Donald ever since ever since he got into the NFL, man. I mean, all the way back to when I had him ranked number one at his position in his respective draft class. I had him the number one quarterback in his class, and that's, that was when guys like Rosen came out and Baker Mayfield. Um, so he's got a little bit of work to do, but I'm really happy to see that his confidence has grown, and it looks like he's doing, doing a lot better. You know, and speaking of uh, people of a lot of confidence – uh, I'm going to transition to my next takeaway. How about the uh, Matt Stafford-led Rams? Oh, no, I'm, I'm going to sit back and I'm going to drink this beer and I'm going to let you talk about Matt Stafford for a minute. <laughs> I don't like how much you enjoy this, but I've been on drinking the Rams Kool-Aid this season. Um, and as as you heard on the last podcast, that's been that's been one of my picks. I got features all over the place, and I might put I might put another one in if I can find another one. Maybe the division winner and another. We got the thing. I got him on the Super Bowl. I think I'm gonna throw in a division winner bet too. I mean, he just he the play calling looks so confident. Um, McVeigh and it just the look on McVeigh's face is just pure. Holy hell, we we got a guy. You know, as Pat McAfee and them like to say, they got a guy. You know, and and they know it, and you can see how happy McVay is to call plays to just to give Matt Stafford the opportunity to run his plays to the way he wants them run with the type of quarterback that he wants. And I mean, dude, I, I swear, I don't know if it's the uniform they're wearing. He looked, he looked, he looked five years younger last night. He did, man. I I took the same thing away from that. I thought, I, I don't know what it was about it, but just, I mean, he's throwing the ball with as much arm talent as any quarterback in the league. You know, at, at his age and after all the hits and all the injuries he's dealt with playing in Detroit. And you can see him in the in the post-game interview. He's he's happy to just be in that position to give an interview with for the L.A. Rams in prime time. Like, he, he, I, don't th- I don't know if he's ever been in the position where he opens up his season. I'd like to look that up. Opens up his season on prime time. 
you know, and now, you know, he could, he could end up opening up in either four o'clock or eight o'clock slates, you know, three years in a row there in LA. I mean, I'll tune in. Well, last week, last week we were talking about how the probably the only time that he ever made it on primetime television was when he was playing guys like Aaron Rodgers or something like that. Or when he had Calvin, some big, yeah, Thanksgiving, stuff like that, man. It was never just because his team was playing. It was never just because the Lions were playing. It was just a normal week. So, yeah, I think especially last night, people got to see like, okay, this guy is the real deal. You know, there's been a lot of talk about Matthew Stafford and, you know, now we're kind of seeing why Stafford can just do things that Jared Goff absolutely cannot do. He, he cannot do things the same way Stafford can with his arm. I think Stafford is a little bit smarter with his decision-making. I mean, Stafford's just a baller, man. It's like he's in the backyard throwing the football. It, it's awesome to watch. And and that, it was actually one of my takeaways, man. I mean, I put down the Rams offense with Matthew Stafford was everything we thought it would be. I mean, the offense looked awesome. You know, Stafford looked happier, like you've already said, than I've ever seen him playing football. He diced up the Bears defense. The Rams had no problem putting up a lot of points. And and Bo, even with the loss of Cam Akers, and also at this point, I think I'm convinced that Stafford is just cursed and will never get to play with an above-average uh, running back. But even with the loss of Cam Akers, the offense looked great and looks like a Super Bowl-caliber unit. I mean, and then you throw in the defense, man, with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and Leonard Floyd and and guys like that. Taylor Rapp played exceptional last night, and I'm a big Taylor Rapp fan. I mean, dude, this team is built to to go to the Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. They absolutely are, man. Yeah, I'm really – I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever been this excited to watch any Rams team since I've been alive and, and watching football. I mean, that's for sure. I mean, I, I can't imagine how the fan base feels. I mean, any time that I'm not watching my team play, um, I, will be, I will be looking for the Rams game on television just to watch number nine throw the football because he – I think it's going to be an electric season. I mean, dude, the, the Rams right now are easily my second favorite team to watch right now. Obviously, number one's the Bengals. And watching the Rams last night was just so much fun. I was just, I was, I was so into it because Stafford was there. I wanted to see what he could do. I wanted to see Sean McVay's offense with Stafford now involved. And I wanted to see also just their uniforms are all, all sick. And I mean, like you said, man, the uniforms, seeing Stafford in that uniform, man, was. Something that I don't think I could get enough of. Like I was just glued to the TV. Like there's no way this guy is playing in LA right now, and is with Sean McVay and you know Aaron Donald and Jayla Ramsey. I mean, this team is built, playing a night game. <laughs> playing a night game. I mean, it, this team is built so solid, man. They're a very balanced team right now. I think before when they went to the Super Bowl, what was all the Super Bowl talk about when the Patriots played the Rams? The biggest knock on the Rams was, okay, but you know, what are we going to get from golf? Can golf do enough in this game to win the Rams a Super Bowl? Right. And I'm not going to say golf didn't lose them that game. There was a lot of stuff that went wrong in that game, but I still stand beside the fact that golf is not a guy that's going to win you a Super Bowl. No. Kind of similar to the same thing I said last week about Derek Carr. They're just that type of quarterback, right? They're your, your average to maybe sometimes above average quarterback. Matthew Stafford is anywhere between elite and very above average. I mean, I told you before, he's a top 10 quarterback in the league right now in my rankings. I, can't, so, I think saying Matt Stafford's above average is, is almost an insult. It almost is. It almost is. But, I mean, I'm just trying to honestly make everybody happy, Bo. I mean, yeah. honestly, I just know if I say this guy's a lead, there's going to be somebody that comes back and says, oh, no, look at all these numbers. That's fine, man. I'm not worried about the numbers. If you watch film, film doesn't lie. Film never lies, man. 
And I mean, you heard all through training camp when Stafford was in training camp, McVay was saying stuff, and you know they were saying that the 49ers even wanted uh, Stafford. Carolina wanted Stafford. There's a reason for this. You know, it's not a fluke. There's a reason all these teams want him. It's because teams know how good the guy is, and teams know that Detroit wasn't a failure because of Matt Stafford, right? So I think yeah. people, a lot, more and more as the season goes on, people are going to realize how good this guy actually is. If you pay enough attention to it, you will realize that Matthew Stafford is in the upper echelon of quarterbacks in the NFL, and uh, I just, I can't wait for the narrative to get changed, man. Again, he's one of my Georgia boys, of course, but I also love when a when a guy that probably just doesn't get the right credit finally gets it. And I'm going to be really happy when the narrative has changed on his name. But another takeaway for me, man, is uh, th- this is this is this was a big one for me. The Cardinals should scare the rest of the NFL. They absolutely should scare the rest of the NFL right now. I know it's only been one game, but if the Cardinals play anything like they did week one the rest of the year, Watch out, man. They looked good. Murray looked just like his normal self, and now he's got A.J. Green. He's got that talented rookie wide receiver out of Purdue, and Rondell Moore, who I was super high on. Just got to throw it out there. Throw in DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, two solid backfield options, and James Conner and Chase Edmonds. And you've got a pretty lethal offense, man. Then you go to the other side of the ball, man. You've got Buda Baker. You've got Chandler Jones, who just put up five sacks in one game. Let's not forget that. You've got J.J. Watt, and you've got Isaiah Simmons, who struggled last year, but we all know how much potential this guy has. This team is quietly loaded. Like, they're not one of the teams you're like, man, the Cardinals, I mean, this is like an all-star team. Okay, yeah, maybe they're not that. But the the level of talent that this team has on both sides of the ball makes this team scary. And then you ha- you're, you're being led by Kyler Murray, one of the most dangerous quarterbacks in the NFL, man. I'm just saying, if they can keep any momentum going off of what they did week one, it is going to be a big problem for the rest of the league. I mean, really, if they can stay healthy, they're going to make a lot of noise in NFC West. Yeah, and see, this is this was actually one of kind of one of my overreactions is is you know is how real are the Cardinals? You know, like I think a lot, a lot of people are overreacting right now, uh, saying that the Cardinals. So you're saying heavy, I'm one of those people. He- I, I hear you. I, I hear you I loud mean, and clear, man. I hear I'm you loud saying, and clear. A lot of people are saying the Cardinals could be a heavyweight, and I still think the Cardinals got to prove it. I still think the Cardinals need to either need to have a good team come into their house or go to a tough place to play and beat someone in a tough environment and in a week where they really need a win. You know, and, and I need to see them take the step. I don't know if I see them. Uh, see them beating Tennessee when they're fresh off losing Ar- Arthur Smith, which I think that's one of my another one of my takeaways is that Tennessee clearly misses their offensive coordinator more than I thought they would, um, and because they couldn't get anything going. You and me both. Um, I, mean, I, I don't. Think I don't this bad. Yeah, and I, you know I don't know you know if if it's Tennessee or if that was all the Cardinals. Um, I think that's what these next weeks are going to tell us. Was you know. How like what was it that made that had that made the Cardinals win that game? Was it they just that good, or was Tennessee reeling and in that much trouble? Because I think that Tennessee defense is in a lot of trouble this season. Period. Um, I don't know if the addition to Bud Dupree is going to do it for them. I think they got a lot. I don't more think holes. that's a big enough addition. I think that's yeah. a, a big addition, but I don't, I don't think that's an addition that. They're going to struggle on the back end of their defense. Bud Dupree doesn't make your defense go from good to elite. You know what I mean? Like, he's not that type of change. I have two two points to make to you, Bo. One, again, let's go back. I said that if they can keep doing things like they did this past Sunday, 
Mm-hmm. And they will be a problem. I didn't say they would. So you, so you kind of need to see them prove it too. I, I need to see it. All I'm saying is if if this team pulls together, I mean that defense man was smothering. Like like they. I mean I agree. I mean Chandler Jones had a good game, and Taylor Lewan had a horrible game coming off of an ACL tear. So I mean he got his butt whooped, and you know and I think that you, I think that could have something to do with it too. You know. I, I still the Cardinals played well against the one of the final four teams from last year. Yes, they did, but that team went deep in the playoffs, and you know, the Cardinals went home at the end of the season, and you know that affects teams and recovery in the off season differently for it does, everybody. It does you know? So yeah, well, at I'm least just, me, I, my second point. See, you brought up you brought up Tennessee. You know, went to the playoffs last year, and you're saying you need to see them do this against a good team. I would argue they just had a good team come in week one. But that team has changed. You can, I mean, has it has it changed? They, more they, for the they, they lost the, the person. They, I mean, it looks like worse. They lost the guy running their offense. Yeah, but they also picked up Bud Dupree and added Julio Jones. Yeah, and and Julio Jones cost them yesterday more than he helped them. Okay, that's fine. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Julio would, Jones on third say, on third and one cost them a fifteen yard penalty that Mike Rabel went off about the day you heard that. Yeah. They played like a sloppy, undisciplined, bad team that day. They did. So, I mean, I don't know how good of a team they beat. This what type is, of team know, do you need to see the Cardinals beat? I need to – let me hear that. I like, mean, what they, type of team I, are we talking? The, the Rams, the – if they beat the Seahawks, I believe in them more. Okay. Um, even that's just beating Russell Wilson, period, getting over that hump. I mean, getting through the Seahawks, whether they're – the Seahawks defense is definitely not that great, but getting through the Seahawks is still something you should be happy about as a team. I think it means a lot to me. I understand from the quarterback standpoint. I think it means more. It, it means a lot to me, man, that they, you know, they did this. beat the Niners in San Francisco. I'll be like, holy, okay, we got a squad here. Uh, okay, yeah, beat Kyle that's, that's fair. in his house, you know, that's, that's fair. But you're, you're saying you want to see them beat the Seahawks if the Seahawks didn't make the playoffs last year. I, I mean, okay, I'm just saying. I I, I don't like. I don't. I, I like just like Tennessee arguing with you, man. Right I just like arguing with you. I'm messing with you. I mean, uh, I don't, I don't like how this Tennessee team played. They don't look very good right now. No, they know? don't. They don't. They really didn't. Uh, Derrick Henry could not get anything rolling. Uh, thank God, because I was playing him in fantasy, so that was that was really clutch. Uh, so I really appreciate the Cardinals' defense. But I, I mean, I'm excited, man. I think you've got another year of maturity for Kyler Murray. Like I said, man, they added some big pieces on both sides of the ball. And uh, I just think it was a great start, man. And if, when teams get off to a good start, I mean, I think they can ride their momentum. So if all I'm saying is, is if they ride this momentum and, and they can they can stay this focused, I'm just saying, man, it's going to be it's going to be a, a little bit more of a um, a tight division than probably what me and you thought it was going to be. I'm not saying they overtake the Rams. I don't believe it's going to happen. I think the Rams come out of the division no matter what on top. But I'm saying, you know, the Cardinals may not be in fourth. They may not be in third either. They might be in second. That's yeah, that's all I mean, I'm trying. I, I mean, there I. I definitely, I definitely see why people are impressed the way they played. They they absolutely put an embarrassing beating on the on on the Tennessee Titans. Um, but like I said, I just want to see as the next two weeks or so unfold. I think you'll find out some more answers on that end. You definitely will. I mean, as the season goes on, we get plenty of answers. So we'll we'll see how this stands. We'll see. We'll come back to this in like five or six weeks and see. How either smart we sounded or dumb we sounded. Well, I mean, I know you're a closet, you know, Cardinals and Kyler Murray fan, and I just like to. Oh come I on, like man! To, why like do you? To, why do you? Always I like to tug at your strings, and I like to. I like to be the your contrarian for the Cardinals. Yeah, well, I love some Kyler Murray, man. I, I don't think the dude still gets enough credit for how good he is. I think he's just. 
an unbelievable football player and quarterback. I mean, and he's going to be an MVP, I'd say, probably within the next three to four years. Um, he's that good. So, I mean, I can, especially, man, you know, they made all this talk about his height and, you know, coming from the, the Big 12 and stuff like that. I mean, seeing this guy ball, another guy just like Baker Mayfield came out and ball, but Kyler Murray having the height issue and being so small, man, I mean, he's, he's just an absolute baller. Like I said, one of the most dangerous quarterbacks in the NFL. Anyway, let's stop talking about the Cardinals. I'm going to move on to another takeaway that I had. This actually goes back to the Panthers. It is absolutely Christian McCaffrey and then the other running backs in the NFL. And for me, for me at least, Bo, when a guy misses a lot of time due to injury, you kind of forget what it's it's like to watch them and how much of an impact they have. Um, now, don't get it mistaken. I already knew McCaffrey was the best back in the league, but Bo, there there actually actually really might be a bigger gap than I thought there was. I mean, in all honesty, I mean it's the gap in my mind has widened. Well, many people thought Dalvin Cook was the next best thing, and he put the ball on the ground at the end of the of, 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 of uh, I'm not going to judge Sunday's Dalvin game. Cook for, for a week one, you know, mistake or something like that. I think and that cost him the game. Still, it, it did cost him the game, which went in my favor. So I'm definitely not going to blame him for that. Back to McCaffrey, man. The guy is just different, you know, from um, the mix of burst, acceleration, speed, uh, shiftiness, pass catching ability. I would say IQ as well. He's one of the best running backs I've ever watched. And I'm 27 years old, Bo. I've watched a lot of really good guys. He is he is probably one of the top three running backs I have ever actually watched. Now, I'm not saying of all time and stuff like that, because I've watched all kinds of running backs, film, tape, all that stuff from guys that played before I started watching football. But guys I've personally sat down on the couch and watched, he he is probably the top, one of the top three I've ever seen. For, for just from what he can do, man. I mean, he's the gonna impact. The, he's going to be the best running back of this of this generation. He will. Guys. I mean, dude, the, the impact this guy has on that offense is incredible. And probably, Bo, there is no running back in the league that means more to their team and probably does more for their team. Well, and, Christian and, in a league where, I mean, we're right now, we're watching a Ravens game where, where they're playing with a practice squad running back who's having a great game. I mean, in a league, in a league where the running back position is diluted and not taken, you know, is not put at the front, you know, in the, in, in, you know, high on the totem pole for what a team needs to, to get to build a Super Bowl roster, right? You know, these days they look at a whole lot of other, a whole lot of other positions where they think about who their running back is going to be on a lot of teams. They think yeah. of it as there's a huge pool of talent and there is usually the best athlete on at every level of football, except for the NFL is the running back. You know, so there's tons of them that are amazing, phenomenal athletes that never change positions. And so, I mean, I get it, but you're this is a guy who demands your attention. He demands his talent level demands the money that he makes. And it's like he he sets himself apart in a league that's doing away with running backs that are as good as him. Absolutely, man. I think there there was a lot of plays, Bo, because we watched a lot of games this weekend together. There were plays where. You know, he would come underneath and the Jets would have nobody on him. And it's like, what are you what are you doing? The biggest like, how is this guy the open? biggest this is the biggest offensive weapon in the NFL is on the opposing offense, yet you're not covering him. He's the he's wide receiver one on the Panthers. <laughs> he is. He is. I'm sure there's gonna be guys out there that say DJ Moore. That's fine. I, I fine, all respect to DJ Moore. I love yeah. DJ Moore. But Christian it's McCaffrey it's debatably is the best wide receiver on the team, also. Yeah. I mean, the, what the guy can do is definitely, definitely um, after the catch, he is. <laughs> oh, for sure, after the catch. Watching him split defenders, I can't tell you how many times I watched him split two defenders this weekend, man. 
I mean, just with ease. And, and, you know, something that we talked about quite a bit also was the game, you know, the game slows down for veterans when they're out there. The game for him, man, is just, it seems like he it's in slow motion. I mean, it's, he's in the matrix. It's, it's the guys have no, no, the first guy is not bringing him down on 95% of the occasions. He's going to make the first guy miss. He's going to, I mean, and he has plenty of strength and does it all the time. He goes right through people. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, he's the best running back in football for sure. And I I think that Panthers team has a lot to look forward to this year. They do. And, you know, and, and someone else that I think is my, one of my takeaways, someone else I think made a, made a statement and, and, you know, really threw his name in that pot uh, this past week was Jalen Hurts. Let's Jalen go Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts balled out, man. He balled out. Wait a second. Now, let me, let me be the, the consensus right now, though, for you. And I want you to come back at me from this. But, Bo, they only played the Falcons. Yeah, well, the dude had a lot of question marks. His team trades for a backup that actually is a super competitive backup in Gardner Minshew. And I think this was the game where he said, uh-uh, you're my backup. This job is not up for question. I'm the best quarterback on this team. I think that's really what it was for me this game. Not really about, oh, the Eagles are a contender. In fact, one of my overreact, the overreactions that people are going to say is that the, is that the Eagles are going to win that division. I don't think they are. But I think Jalen Hurts said that I'm here to stay as the quarterback. And I mean, this, is, this is beyond the Eagles team success. Okay, that's not really what I'm really talking about. I'm talking about Jalen Hurts set himself apart after the Minshew trade, which which was not long ago. Can you do me a favor? And this isn't meant to be answered. Um, it's more of a point I'm going to make. Can you name the three starting receivers for the Eagles? Devonta Smith, Jalen Rieger, and um, is it that Hightower guy from – no, it's not. Quez Watkins. Okay, Quez Watkins. Quez Watkins. And I only know that, Bo, because I'm addicted to football. Okay. The normal everyday person, I'm going to say probably, I'm going to say 50% of Eagles fans probably don't know their starting three receivers. Okay. And the only reason they know two of them is because they were high draft picks. Yeah. That's how bad the receiving core is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Devonta Smith just won the Heisman. Okay. You can't forget that guy. Jalen Rieger, I'm going to say, in my personal opinion, the reason I remember Rieger is because I thought it was a reach when they drafted him. They yeah. missed on the guy they wanted, they panicked, and they took Jalen Rieger. Yeah. Jalen Rieger should have been drafted around later than he was, in my personal opinion. And I think, you know, last year he was hurting everything like that, but I think his play is kind of going to show you that. I don't think Rieger was a guy that you take as high as they did. You know, Quez Watkins, you know, he, he's, a, he's a fine option, but he's not starting on most NFL teams. Right. Miles Sanders is he's got some chronic injury issues. Okay. The defense isn't that great. They got some playmakers. Jalen Hurts doesn't exactly have everything given to him. And what he was able to do this week under the pressure of having a new backup coming in and and looking like the coaching staff was going to give some competition was extremely impressive, man. And I think anybody out there that doesn't believe in Jalen Hurts and doesn't think he can be a franchise quarterback they should be rethinking that just based off week one. We'll see what he does the rest of the season. It is only one week, so we can't sit here and say this is written in stone. But I think Jalen Hurts showed you, okay, what was the biggest problem with Jalen Hurts coming out in the draft, Bo? It was, okay, how much of a passer is this guy really? Yeah, consistent right? quarterback play, like real quarterback play, not not you know, not taking off and making it happen 
with your feet, but when you want to sit back in, make your go through progressions, and yeah. make the right throw, I think it just consistency was the thing. Why did he lose his job at Alabama? Because Tua was a better yeah, throw of the football, could open up the offense better, right? Could open up the offense more. Okay, I would argue right now in the NFL so far, Jalen Reed, I mean Jalen Reader, Jalen Hurts has been the better passer. Now, yes, Tua came off of um, injury last year, and this year's pretty much his actual full rookie season is the way I look at it. And I think Tua's going to be very good also. But uh, I think the people that hated on Hurts uh, should definitely start rethinking that because he is a, he he's a baller, man. He he truly is. And this this past weekend, he showed it. So I like that takeaway, man. I, I love you giving some respect to, to Jalen Hurts. That, that makes me smile a little bit, man. I actually did not think I was going to hear that. And I actually thought about doing that myself. But I was like, you know what? I got some already down that are a little bit bigger to me. So I'll just keep rolling with what I got. Um, and you're talking about overreactions, Bo. So let me give I've you. Already, I've already kind of said mine. So just give me yours. I'm, yeah, I, I mean, kind of worked mine into our conversations. Cause yeah, the, you the, did. I mean, this this just wasn't even two, two separate segments. I mean, we just straight, went straight into it, Bo. So yeah. um, here's my biggest overreaction. The Texans will at least be competitive this year. Um, that is a gross reaction. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the Texans just put up the third most points scored by any team on opening Sunday this weekend, 37 against the Jaguars. Bo, this this team still from top to bottom is a very bad team. A couple of guys on the defense scare me, and that's about it. Um, I don't have them winning. I, I don't have them. I actually looked at it earlier. I don't have them having a high possibility of winning another game until week 11 when they play the Jets. I think they lose every game from here on out until week 11 and maybe they sweep by the Jets. And I still favor the Jets. I still favor the Jets with Zach Wilson. You know, props props to Tyrod, man. We were giving Tyrod so much credit this past weekend, man. He he, Tyrod is it doesn't get enough credit for it. Way to take advantage of your situation, though, Tyrod. But he always takes advantage. He always takes advantage. That's what that's what makes Tyrod Taylor so special, man. Is he always takes advantage of the opportunities he's given. Hell, the only reason they have a gauntlet schedule, and it doesn't help having you know probably one of the weakest rosters in the NFL, if not the weakest. I would I would sway more toward weakest um i mean I would it's so. you would you say week 11 you agree with me uh well i i, I would say they have the weakest roster in the league for sure but uh yeah i don't see them getting another win oh gosh i, I say that jets game man is the next one we they have the highest possibility yeah everybody else between them is going to kill them and by that time the jets looked i mean they didn't look horrible I would, they say, look- I would say the Jets game and then the next Jacksonville game in December would be, which is like week 14, Yeah, would be their be- best chances at wins. I mean, I-, I see them probably land in the first pick next year. Oh, I think that's a shoe-in. I mean, I would bet on that right now. And and uh, another problem that, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson, and I haven't gotten to watch a whole lot. Of I've watched, you know, a couple of games on each of the top, quarterback prospects coming out in this coming draft class but it's already being seen as a weaker quarterback class you know you've got guys at the top like sam howell who needs to look better he had a rough first week spencer and rattler. uh spencer rattler man and spencer rattler is pretty much most likely going to be the number one pick in the nfl next year in the draft being in the situation they're in right now with Deshaun watson you don't know what's going on there you have a weaker quarterback class coming up 
Um, and just the team overall, man, having holes absolutely everywhere. I mean, I said some guys on defense, right? Zach Cunningham. I have a lot of respect for Zach Cunningham, man. He, he's a, he is a tackling machine. He makes plays. Justin Reed at safety. I'm a big fan of his. Um, outside of that, though, man, you you don't have many guys that are going to scare offensive coordinators. You know, you don't have guys that you they have to plan around. So for it's just going to be a really rough year for Houston fans. I mean, that's pretty much the best way I can put it. Especially, it's already been a horrible start to the year and offseason with Deshaun Watson. I mean, if they had any hope at all, it was the fact that they had Deshaun Watson, who I believe is a top five quarterback in the NFL. And now you don't even have that, or or at least everything around his future and in Houston mention, is clouded. You, yeah, you don't have him, and his whole debacle is a massive distraction for your team. It is. He's it already is. struggling. There's talks of trades, and then you don't even know if teams want to trade for him. It is a train wreck in Houston right now. I mean, the, the organization is not in a good spot. Um, so I think anyone, you know, I'm sure there are those people out there that saw, okay, 37 points. Like, damn. Like, man, you know, these guys might be a little bit competitive. Like, no, they're not yeah, going to. Yeah, I don't see that happening on another defense. I mean, and, and it's Urban Meyer's first game in the NFL. Uh, Jags are going to be working out the Kings. For a you played while, a rookie so. quarterback, and the rookie quarterback, I'm not going to lie, still torched your secondary. This, he still did. He threw for 350 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, y'all picked it off three times. That's fine. Well, he's a rookie. He, he makes threw mistakes. it 51 times. Well, I'm just saying, man. He threw the ball 50 times. He better put up 350 yards. Yeah, well, I personally don't see how anyone could think that the Texans are going to be competitive, but I'm sure there's people out there, so that's why I had to have an overreaction segment right there for them because there's no chance that they're going to be. Uh, but my second one, man, is people, anyone that's saying that the Bills are in trouble. Bills didn't oh, look yeah, good against the Steelers this past Sunday. Yeah, the Bill, they didn't look good against the Steelers, man. Um, yeah. Something I know you were happy about, seeing as how well, I was sitting, right, I was sitting right next to you for the whole thing, and you kept jumping up and down. So, I don't know. think I don't think that the Bills were expecting us to come in there and smack them in the face. Well, the I, don't, I don't. I think anyone thought that. I, I mean, did. Cam, Cam Hayward had ten like QB pressures. I mean, they did. I mean, dude couldn't breathe. You know. I mean, it, it was. I will say they're they all Melvin Ingram. No, they weren't. And, yeah, they're not going to face. They're not going to face defensive lines, really, just a front four that's that crazy. I mean, we were, we didn't even blitz that much, I and mean, yeah. that was the crazy thing. Like, we were just beating the hell out of them, like one man on man, and and move and moving guys around to confuse them. And so, I mean, I definitely think the Bills, like I said earlier, I said the Bills are going. They're going to get better. You can't. You get you play one disruptive team, you know, week one, and you know people think you're going to stink. And I, I don't think I think it's going to be the furthest from the truth. I think in about two three weeks, we're all going to forget how bad of a game Josh Allen and the Bills played. Yeah, I think we will too. I mean, and and for Bills fans everywhere, I mean, you you need to realize that's going to be okay. And I have five reasons why. Okay. One, you have Josh Allen at quarterback. Two, you have Stephon Diggs at wide receiver. Three, you have a solid defense. Four, it was only week one. And five, it's a long season. That's five reasons right there. Bills fans should not get upset over their loss. You played a tough defense. You played a veteran quarterback and Ben Roethlisberger. I think if the Bills, if the Bills do struggle with pressure the way they struggle with it against Pittsburgh. That's going to be a problem. If that becomes a chronic problem, that's going to be an issue. Then their team is in trouble down the line. And I don't know if they'll be able to win, but um, you know, if they can, if they can figure that out, which I believe they will, it's a great coaching staff and you have a hell of a talent at quarterback. I think they'll find their way around it. Um, I just think that 
maybe they weren't quite ready for the for the <laughs> for the Steelers to come in there with you know ready to to swing the way they did. I mean, they they really really bullied them as a team. They did. So. Man. I think you know the Bills are still a top five team in the NFL in my eyes, and I believe this Week One loss at home is going to make them better down the road. Mm-hmm. It, it, they're gonna they're gonna see the adjustments they need to make. They definitely gonna have to take a long look at the offensive line, man. Even though the Steelers front seven is no joke, it shouldn't have been that bad. It there's really no, shouldn't. There's have been. no better time for adversity in the NFL than Week One because Absolutely. you got you, know, you got the rest of the season to work it out. Hey, sometimes a Week One loss is 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 better than a Week One yeah. win. Sometimes, yeah. man. Yeah, I mean it. You find you find out what you need to work on, and 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 you and you work on it. I mean, yeah. I, I think if any team understands how to work on what they're bad at it's the bills just look ahead to week two trust in josh allen trust in your team because you've got a damn damn talented one that's that's all i've got to say about that let's not overreact at this point but i have a question for you dalvin thinking about during this podcast and uh i want to ask you i know you hate hate me doing stuff right on the spot on you but i need to know this i was talking about mccaffrey top three running back i've ever watched where do you put him in guys you've watched in my life yeah um i was thinking about this uh, a lot today i mean i I really really think about this a lot today i mean man i i mean i i mean we've watched some good ones over the years i mean i would he's definitely in like the top eight or so guys i've watched i mean when i was young i got to see guys like you know marshall falk and edron james and and stuff like that and you know, Marshall Falk's always been one of my favorites all time. And I was thinking about guys like LT, Adrian Peterson. Like, yeah. I, I feel like I can't put him. I think maybe, maybe it's because I watched him. AP. I mean, no, you can't put him over AP. AP is the best right back I've ever he, watched. He and I've gets, said that a million times. The thing about Christian McCaffrey, I think that is different from the guys we have to compare him to is he is put out into space with room to make plays more than some of those other guys were due because of today's game and the, and the passing and the route running. Um, I mean, Marshall Falk did a lot of that too, but you know, you think about AP and you basically watched him his whole career start from three yards behind the line of scrimmage and run all over people the whole game. You didn't see with loaded boxes of, constantly. Yeah, you don't see him going out and running a, you know, a slant or, you know, like little delay routes in the flats and, you know, being put with, you know, five, six yards of space to make something happen for himself on a regular basis. Um, I think it's you're you're judging. You almost have to look at the position differently with the way he plays it. But, I mean, he the talent level he still plays with, I mean, I think it, it could translate to any time in the football, you know, modern era. He could still be, he could play in the '90s. He could play in the '80s and '70s, and he'd run all over the guys in the '70s. They wouldn't have a chance, you know. But I mean, he, he he's he's in the probably the five, four to eight range, five okay. to eight range of guys. I mean, like like you said, I was trying to hate when you put me on the spot, but like the the guys you were talking about mixed with what I was talking about, you know, the Adrian Petersons of the world, the LTs of the world. I think those are those are different guys that carried a an insane load for many, many, many years, you know? So I think, I think if you gave me the option between prime Adrian Peterson and prime CMC, I'm taking prime Adrian Peterson all day, prime LT all day, you know? Um, yeah. I, you know, and honestly, I'm Adrian Peterson was just a different animal. I mean, yeah. that, and LT, you can at least compare to Christian McCaffrey, maybe a similar game style. Dude, like I said, man, AP 
like you said, starting three years behind, three yards behind the line of scrimmage and facing a loaded loaded box every single time because he was their weapon. I mean, and the the stats he put up, winning an MVP, going for two thousand yards. I think it was a year after he tore his ACL. I mean, just ridiculous. I think I mean, the CMC. I just want to see him stay on the field and keep it up for for a you know a lengthy career because you know the, the greats. The greats run until the wheels fall off most of the time, unless you're Barry Sanders. Yeah. You know, so and and we, we we see we saw last season the CMC. You know, he had some injuries, and you know, I I, I want to see that happen. And I mean, but I think the week to week the the talent he shows is upper echelon. Um, but there's some, you know, you look you look back on the way the running backs used to be. You remember the a season I think about often was the Priest Holmes season. Oh he, yeah, he man. broke that touchdown record. You know, it was like thirty-two touchdowns or something. That was I insane. Mean, I mean, that's just—it's unbelievable. Some of the stuff we've seen guys do over the years. And I think a, a lot of guys like that fly under the radar, man. You know, a yeah. lot of people have forgotten the name Priest Holmes. They—they yeah. they really yeah, have. A, a CMC's a better running back than him, but you know, you oh, look for back sure. at seasons like that, and you know, and he was a good back for a long time. And I mean, people forget how good like guys like Jamal Charles were at one point. I was literally just thinking of Jamal Charles. Yeah. Just because you brought up the Chiefs, man. Yeah, he was unbelievable for a long time. I believe still has the record for um, averaging the most yards per carry in a career. Yeah. It's it's insane. It's like 4.8 or something. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. People forget how good prime Ricky Williams was. You know, I watched watched Ricky Williams prime when I was a kid, and that was amazing. You know, so ah, there's been a lot of, a lot of really good running backs. Like I was saying earlier, I mean, the most talented kid on about every team at every level your whole life growing up was the running back. And there's just, there's so many good ones that, that come up over the years. Um, so I think he's definitely upper echelon. He's definitely top 10. He's somewhere for me. If you made me sit down and think about it, would end up somewhere between four or five and eight. Um, yeah. If I, if I had to sit down and really think about who I've watched in my lifetime. We might have to do that on an episode, man. We might have to figure out where CMC actually lands and, and give a rankings or something like that. Because if he does, if we don't get to it, let's just say this. If we don't, when if there's so much, because week to week, so much is going to happen we're going to want to talk about. The first week that guy has like a, either a 200 a yard from scrimmage game, we should do it. All right, that's a deal. That's a deal. Okay. The first game, he, whether it's a 200 on the ground or, you know, 150 on the ground and 50 in the air or vice versa. However, he hits 200 yards from scrimmage in a game, which he'll do. So, yeah, I mean, this could yeah. be next week's this episode. Could, yeah, this, I mean, this could be any time. Next one he does, well, for I guess if he does it on the Sunday, the Monday after, we'll, we'll have it ready. Yeah, like, we'll do, we'll that, do that'll that. be a lot of fun. Man. Yeah. That'll be a whole lot of fun. But uh, but it's been been fun going over the week one topics, man, and the, the big week one takeaways and what happened in the first weekend. Uh, NFL football being back, man, it was a blast for me all weekend. Uh, getting to watch it with you and go through all our games, watching your Steelers win, watching my Bengals win in overtime. Uh, we were with a Panthers fan, got to see the Panthers win as well. I mean, we were all one and zero, man. Also friends with an Eagles fan, so I know he was hyped. The Eagles won. They're one and zero, one in a big way. Also, so props oh, yeah. to Jalen Hurts again, but. Uh, just it was addition, a blast. The addition to having sports gambling mixed in with with the football season two for the first time, where it's legal oh, and easy in our state. I mean, you just way to go, around, Virginia. Way yeah, to go. Sitting, sitting around with all our friends and everyone's rooting and rooting their bets on, and 
And, you know, like even, you know, I took the Steelers plus six and a half. And even if we lost, I would have covered. And I've been upset we lost, but it would have been cool to see it. You know, it would have been cool to cover, you know, like stuff like that just adds so much just delight to your NFL Sunday. And I just can't be happier that it's. I, I think being able to bet, man, just my favorite, I think part of that is experiencing, you know, you're at the bar with, with a bunch of guys and you're watching the games and you got everybody betting on them. And you got one guy over here who's losing his absolute shit. Cause he's hitting it big, man. He's, yeah. he's winning all these games. And you look on the other side of the bar and it's the guy about to rip his eyebrows out because nothing's going right for him. He's losing all the money. I mean, it's just such a, such a, such a, uh, a, a wide variety of like people that are either, you know, extremely happy or, or losing their mind because nothing's, nothing's going the way they need it to. It, it just makes sports so much more fun, man. And I almost feel like that sounds bad, you know, gambling, making stuff a lot better, but uh, it just, I don't know, man, it makes it football. It's so interesting to me already. And it just makes it me more excited to watch it and be, I feel like I'm much more involved with it. You know what I mean? Cause you got I, some, I you got some riding on it and it makes you want to watch That's every game. Yeah. It makes people watch games, man, that they normally wouldn't watch, you know, which I love because more and more people are learning about football and enjoying it more. So um, I think the gambling has definitely helped out. So like I said, way to go, Virginia. You you did this one right. It was a good call. But uh, guys, until next week, next week we will have the week two takeaways. I hope all of you have a absolute great week and we will be back next Tuesday morning. Peace out, everybody. (laughs) 